here on today, um, just being able to come and fellowship. Hallelujah. I thank God just for his presence. Hallelujah. I thank God for just how faithful he is, how he puts things together. Um, the first song that Pastor song has been on my mind for uh, just the past couple of weeks. So I thank God for just touching and agreeing on that and being able to sing that song, Lord God, for me. Hallelujah, that was for me. Hallelujah, because at one point my hands were not lifted. At one point I was tired. At one point I just didn't want to fight. But Lord, my hands are lifted. Hallelujah, ready to receive, Lord God. When your hands are lifted, it shows a sign of surrendering. Hallelujah, Lord God, I thank you, Lord God. So that song was for me, Lord God, because I needed it. Hallelujah. I'm ready to receive whatever. Whatever you have for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to try to calm down. Thank you, Lord God. I thank you. And I praise you. And you all can be seated. Thank you. I give honor to honor to God on today. I thank God for our pastors, Pastor Jay Johnson, Pastor C. Johnson. I thank God for my husband. Amen. I thank God for Alma Bears, I thank God for our minister, Takiya Satin. I thank, I thank God for the missionaries in their absence. I thank God for our deacon and his family. I just thank God for you all just being here on today. Lord, just have your way on today. I just pray that there is something, Lord God, in this word that, that resonates with your spirit on today, Lord God. And so I'm going to go ahead. And I'm going to dive on in. And it's, the song again was fitting because the title of the message is Don't Drop Your Hands. Amen. Amen. And we're going to be in the book of Exodus chapter 17. Amen. And um, just about probably early this week or last week sometime, I was, um, we still have our account. I still check in with my accountability partner. And so um, I was talking with Ryan and we were talking about, we were talking about scripture and he had said, he mentioned um, that he was just stuck in the book of Genesis. He said, for some reason I can't get out of it. And I said, it's very well, you know, the Lord has you there for a particular place. I mean, for a particular time to teach you something. And I told him, I said, I feel like for me, my book has been Exodus. And um, and I said, and, and throughout Exodus, I've just been seeing just myself in it. Like at one point, I, I'm the Israelites, um, mumbling and complaining and asking, Lord, why you brought me out? And then one minute, I see myself as being Moses, like, God, I'm going to do what you what you called me to do. I may not feel adequate enough. I may feel like I can't speak well, but I'm going to just do what you have called me to do. And I just feel like I see myself in the book of Exodus. So right now I know that the Lord is teaching me some things. Amen. Amen. So he's, he's, he's taking me back and he's allowed me to get those things or what I, my perspective or whatever my perspective I had, he's allowed me to get it right and to see him in a different way. Amen. And so when we go to, and you all can just stand for the reading of this verse and then you may be seated for the rest of the scriptures. But I'm going to read to you. Um, we're going to start at verse 8. And it says, verse 8 says, The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. 
Verse 9 says that Moses says to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. You may be seated. And so when I um I always as when I prepare to speak, I always in um God provides me with scripture, I always like go, I always go back to to ask like, okay, why why we are at the point that we are. So if you go back and read when you have time, verses one through seven, um it it tells you that the Israelites are camping at Rephidim. And the text opened up with the Israelites camping and Rephidim is a resting means, a resting place. So God had brought them to a place of rest. But if you continue to read throughout the scriptures, we see that they couldn't see that they were in a place of rest because those those previous scriptures of the scriptures before shows that they began to complain because they were thirsty. And they are, and so the Israelites could not see because they made their circumstances bigger than God. Here we are again when we, when they are impatient because it seems as if they are going without. They begin to quarrel with Moses because there was no water. Moses interceded on their behalf and took their complaints to God. Through the power of God, Moses was able to strike the rock and water for the people began to flow. So here you see that God provides as he always does. God is a provider. Up to this point, so up to this very point, God had been providing for the Israelites. They were set free from slavery. God had parted the Red Sea. The Egyptian army was defeated. He healed the bitter water and made it sweet. He provided manna and quail. So at this point, we can see that God had been fighting for the Israelites the entire time. Now, what you're about to see in these next couple of verses is a transition. So you're about to see that in those previous verses and what I just said to you is that God was fighting for them the entire time. But as verse 8 says, the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Verse 9 again says that Moses says to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Now it was time for the Israelites to fight. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. We notice that God did not tell Moses to use his staff for any sign or miracle because that's just what happened in the previous verses. He took the staff, he struck, um, he struck the rock and water flowed. But God said that it's time for you to learn how to fight. See, God has a plan and the plan was to get the Israelites to the promised land, which he had promised. But he knew that in order to get them there, he had to prepare them for what was to come along the way. In Exodus 13, 7, the Lord avoided taking the Israelites by the way of the, the Philistines. So this wasn't the first, um, this wasn't the first time that the Israelites were, I, we came to a point that they had to fight. So when God parted the Red Sea and they were able to win, they crossed the Red Sea, God took them a different route. So it was a shorter way to get to the promised land, but he took them a different route because of the fact that he knew if he took them that route, they would be terrified. And we talked about it in Sunday school that they were going to be terrified because they were they just came from a place of bondage. They just came from slavery. So they were not equipped to be able to stand the battle. So the reason was that the people might change their minds. And when they see the war, they return to Egypt. God intended for Israel to learn how to fight. 
First, God fought for them. Now, God is going to uphold them while they fight. Amen. The Amalekites were a nomadic tribe. Their lineage goes back to Esau. So if you know who Esau is, Esau is the twin brother of Jacob. And if you know what Jacob did, Jacob sold the birthright of, e of Esau. And so because of Jacob, and then scripture tells you before they were born, they were opposing nations, meaning they were against each other. Amen. And so e Jacob sold Esau's birthright. And because of this, because of this, God's redemptive plan came through the line of Jacob instead of Esau. Amal Amalek, who grew up in Esau's household, was very aware of the resentment his family felt against the children of God. We see that sins pass from generation to generation. So I want to take a moment to say that is why it's important that we have to address the sins in our lives, because very much so that that sin because of Esau and how he felt with his brother passed from generation to generation. So now the Amalekites, they're wanting to fight. And as you, and when we get further down into the scripture, we're going to see that God is going to block them out of the earth. And so it's, excuse me, it's very important that we need to confront those things that have been embedded in us because the very thing that keeps, that could be the very thing that keeps us in the cycle of sin. So taking on someone else's or what our mother said, or that you have to be independent because of what she went through with a man or because the father wasn't there in the lives. And, and so now we bash men because of who of what our mother said. And so it's very important that you come and that you think about those things that you have been embedded. So therefore you won't pass down to the next generation and have them in cycles of sin. Amen. We have to let go of the hurt and the pain. Your experience should not dictate someone else's experience. I see more and more why it is dangerous if we get Jesus wrong because we will be impacting other generations to come. Hallelujah. We'll be impacting other generations to come if you get Jesus wrong. Just because, and it's always very important of the relationship to have with him so he can begin to transform your mind. So therefore you can understand, okay, the reason why my parents responded this way, because this happened. So now I can not do that. Amen. 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 And so then we come in to Deuteronomy 25, 17 through 18. It says, remember what Amalek did to you along the way when you came out of Egypt. How he met you along the way and attacked among you all the stragglers at the rear. And when you were faint and weary, he did not fear God. God said that some of us are losing the battle right now. Because we have been fighting the wrong way. At least he said that for me. At least when I was reading this, he told me that I was losing the battle because I was fighting the wrong way. So you thought in order to fight, you got to go out there and yell, scream, cuss, fuss, do all of that. But are you submit to the desires of your flesh? You feel like that is a way of fighting. So we have been fighting those battles, but we that's only temporary. That still is not addressing what God is trying to get us to do. In Ephesians 6, Paul tells us to put on the full armor of God. So when we go out and fight, we have to put on the full armor of God. Then he explains that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, 
against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. God is saying through his word that he came to strengthen you today. He came to teach you how to fight the right way, to teach you how to fight against those powers that are in the dark places. Many are faint and weary, faith at an all-time low because we're straggling behind. So when I begin to look up the word or the term straggling in Hebrew, it's hashal, means shattered. Used only here in the Old Testament, it refers to those who lag behind because they became separate from the main body of the Israelites. Because they were faint and weary. Because those people were weak and tired. They were an easy target. They were an easy target for the Amalekites to attack. Are you an easy target for Satan to attack? Are you straggling behind? Are you straggling behind? See, when we are most vulnerable is when we are spiritually weak. It doesn't have anything to do with the physical strength. It doesn't, it doesn't have, it's when we're spiritually weak and when Satan knows that he, that is his opportunity to go ahead and creep on in. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so when I read this, it's like the straggling and being shattered. And so they were able to attack from the rear because those that were not in fellowship, not keeping up, not coming to church, Bible study, or just being in community, period. Hallelujah. And then when you're not surrounded, hallelujah. The enemy is ready to attack. <laughs> Hallelujah. God needed to strengthen the Israelites in every aspect of their lives. And that's the same thing for you. He needs to prepare you for battle because he knew that from that day forward in that very moment that there were going to be many more battles to fight. Whatever you're facing won't be the last battle you, you have to fight. So he wants you to know how to fight well. Spiritual warfare is a reality for every believer. It's the reality for every believer. Each and every day you're fighting against your, your spirit and your flesh. Each and every day your flesh wants to do this, but the spirit is saying no. And the flesh wants to do this and wants to go there or eat this. <sighs> That's for me. <laughs> and we know and we're fighting. And we're fighting. And so the forces of evil war rage war against God's kingdom agenda. There's no victory apart from engaging in battle. You cannot sit on the sidelines and just expect, excuse me, and just expect God to bail you out. Yet you also cannot fight in your own strength. You must see that the Lord, as the Lord of hosts, who lead his people to victory as they seek his help and depend on him. Therefore, this shows you cannot win a battle if you are not in relationship with God. Amen. You cannot win a battle if you are not in relationship with God. Amen. You cannot win a battle if you are not in relationship with God. Yes, yes, Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. And so Amen. as we go to Joshua 10, I'm sorry, as we go to verse 10, it says, So Joshua fought the Malachites as Moses ordered. And Moses and Moses. Aaron and her went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Malachites were winning. When Moses' hand grew tired, they took a stone and put it up under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and her held up, held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. Notice that there are two aspects of, of victory here. 
There's what is happening on the battlefield and what is happening at the top of the hill. Where Moses stood with his arms lifted and with the staff of God in his hands. But both battles were connected to each other. The staff of God represents the power and the presence of God with, with his people in their time of need. The physical battle depended on the spiritual battle. We see that when Moses' hand was raised and the staff of God was uplifted, the Israelites was winning. Right. But when we, we see when his hands are dropped, whatever was coming against them was winning. We see the posture of Moses. So I want to take a moment. Now I want to just us to take a moment and, and see the posture of Moses with his hands lifted up. And so when we see the posture of Moses, we see a posture of surrendering. I have submitted my life to God. Have you surrendered? Whatever you are facing over to God, have you submitted it to authority? Have you given it over whatever it is? I may not know everything. I don't have to know. But you know what you're facing on the inside. You know what you are battling with each and every day. Have you submitted them? Have you submitted them? We see a posture of praise. We see a posture of worship. Do you praise despite the battle? There was a battle going on, but Moses still prayed and worshiped the one that would give us victory. We see a posture of prayer. We see a posture of God. You are in control. What does your prayer life look like? The word says, if, if anyone among you is suffering, let them pray. So have you been praying? Have you been worshiping? Have you been praising? Have you surrendered? Hallelujah. We see that his hands are open, ready to receive what God had for him during the battle. See, when our hands are lifted, we won't be tempted to help God out. Catch that. When our hands are lifted, we won't be tempted to help God out. We have given him free reign over our lives. And so I know that many of us are carrying the weight of the world. And I know that it seems in the world. And what we are carrying, we know that, and I know that it gets heavy, and I know that it gets too much to bear, and I know that what we're going through in, with our family and with our children and on our job, and I know that whatever any other thing that we may be dealing with is too much to bear. And so what we do is when it begins to become too much to bear, we begin to drop our hands. We begin to drop our hands because we think that we can take matters into our own hands. We think that, okay, well, God ain't moving fast enough, so I'll just go ahead and fix it over here. I'll go ahead and take care of that. Hallelujah. And so at times we think that we have a better plan. At times we think that we have a better plan for our lives than for what God has for us. God doesn't need our help. God did not need the Israelites' help to defeat the Amalekites, but God had a bigger plan. God had a, has a bigger plan for your life. Amen. And so as we go through these battles and as we're learning how to fight, he's wanting to strengthen our faith in him. He's wanting us to trust him, to be able to take our hands off a situation because the scripture clearly states that as long as Moses' hands was lifted, they were winning the battle. So as long as your hands are lifted, you are going to win the battle. So when you are losing, you need to realize that you have dropped your hands Somewhere, somehow, you have dropped your hands and you have begun to put your hands 
on the very thing that God already has control over. God has already given you the victory. Hallelujah. So, Lord, I thank you. Hallelujah for the battles. And I thank you for the word because to to look at battles, I'm like, I don't want that. Lord, if you could just, as you just strike the rock, give me, just take care for me. Hard to see, let me go. But God is saying that it's time that you're going to have to fight these battles. But you want, he wants you to fight the battles well. He wants you to fight the battles well. He wants you to fight your battles with your hands lifted up, surrendering. He wants you to fight your battles with your hands giving him the praise. Because I already know that I got the victory. He wants you to worship him. Hallelujah. He wants you to fight the battle in prayer. Hallelujah. Get your hands up off that stuff. Hallelujah. Give it over, Lord God. Submit it, Lord God. Hallelujah. Because it's bigger than you, Lord God. It's bigger than you. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. He wanted to demonstrate what it looked like when we fight our battles with him. Hallelujah. What it looked like. He's already telling you, you drop them hands, you're going to lose. How he already telling you what it's looking like. Battles cannot be avoided. But we can always have the victory when we are dependent upon God and not upon our own strength. Amen. And as I continue to visualize Moses being on the top of the mountain, and I uh, and I can and I visualize Aaron and her on the side of him, and then I said, "That's what fellowship looks like." Hallelujah! Because if you continue to read back in the scripture, it says that Moses gets weak. It says that Moses gets weak. Hallelujah! And it says that they had to put a stone up under him in order for him to sit down. And so in order for him to sit down, and then it says that Aaron and her both lifted up his arm. And so how God, so the verses illustrate what fellowship looks like, how godly fellowship is necessary. A godly community brings unity. We see that although Moses is holding the staff of God in his hands, he still gets weak in his flesh. And so what God is saying, I understand, Lord, I know that when you lift your hands, I know, I know that you're going to get weak because the flesh is going to get weak. But he's saying for you to surround yourself with a community that can hold your hands up when you get weak. Amen. Amen. Moses is holding the staff of God in his hand. He still get weak in his flesh. He still gets tired. We see the fight between the spirit and the flesh. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Hallelujah. It shows that you cannot walk this journey alone. You cannot walk. And many of us probably have tried to do it alone, but it shows that you cannot. You cannot do this journey alone. You need someone to walk with you. You need someone to hold you accountable. As I mentioned when I began, I talked about my accountability partner, that we still check in with each other because. We both need someone to hold us accountable and to hold your arm up when you get tired. See, it says when two or more are gathered together, I am in the midst. So as both of them was holding Moses, Aaron, and her were at the the top of the mountain, God was there. Hallelujah. Iron sharpens iron. But we forsake the fellowship. Mm -hmm. But we forsake the fellowship. 
We show up on Sunday thinking that is enough. But what is helping sustain you throughout the week? And I'm just saying Sunday because some people do think that they can check Sunday off their list. Say, I went to church Sunday and I'm good. But that is not enough. We see time and time and time again when I come in on Wednesday, it'd be just what I needed to get me to the rest of the week. And I'm like, if, we, if you take Wednesday away, Lord, I don't even know how I'm going to make it. Because I need that fellowship. I need that accountability because when we come when we come together, we hold each other accountable. We talk about the word, how the word comes in and it, it just shows us it's a mirror. And then it's be able to see our flaws and trying to get it right. So when I leave church on Sunday or when I leave um, church on Wednesday or when I'm having conversations with my brothers and my sister, it just has me to want to be better. To want to be better. Hallelujah. We are a body. Hallelujah. We are a body. And it that that it also in those scriptures also revealed to me what leadership looks like. It also revealed because Moses was the leader. So I began to think about our pastors and I say they get tired. Hallelujah. They get tired. He was leading. He was leading a tribe. And we know when we go back to the reason why the Egyptians wanted to kill them, because they was just multiplying. Multiplying, multiplying. So we know that that was a that was heavy for Moses. But to see that Aaron and her come together and uplift his arms, and that's what is needed in this house. It's like we need to continue to help our pastors out to carry, to uplift. Because Pastor said last week, like, don't send them to me, like, because they can't do it on their own. And so we see why it's definitely needed that we come together and we work as at, at this as this body, as this body of Christ. So Joshua overcame the Malachite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Write on this, write on a scroll as something to be remembered, and make sure that Joshua hears it, because I will completely blot." Out the name of the Amalek um, from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it the Lord is my banner, Jehovah Nisi. He said, Because the hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, and the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. Hallelujah. The victory was won through obedience and God's divine power. God never wants us to forget what he has done for us. Over and over, God prophesies to us, what are you doing with it? Are you writing it down? Are you remembering? That scripture was important enough because if you continue to read, when we get further into scripture, we know that Joshua is going to be the one. He's going to become head commander. He's going to be the one to fight the battle. And we see that God wants to always to remind us that when we are fighting with him, that we're going to have the victory. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. It says the name means Jehovah Nisi means the Lord, my banner, or the Lord, my miracle. God is the source of your victory. 
He's the one who fights for you. God wants you to remember his victories so that when you so that when you grow weak in your faith, so that you don't grow weak in your faith and repeat your sins. Hallelujah. Jehovah Nisi is a great name to invoke when you petition God in your prayers to fight your battles. Hallelujah. It's just a reminder. Hallelujah. That when the people walk with God, he's going to be there for him, for them. Hallelujah. I just thank God just for the word and I'm coming on in. And I just thank God for just how he in these scriptures has taught of how to fight these battles and that they're not going anywhere. And that he's taught us to fight these battles with our hands lifted high. Hallelujah. Surrendering it all to him. How he's taught us to fight the battle with praise. How he has taught us to fight the battle with worship. Hallelujah. How he has taught us to fight the battle with prayer. And that it shows that it's not in our own strength that we will have the victory. Hallelujah. That we have to include that God has to be in it. That God, that we have to give it over to God. And I just thank God that these scriptures, they really spoke to me. Hallelujah. Because for a while, I grieved. Hallelujah. I grieved what I thought that my life would look like. I grieved the loss of my father. And in that grieving, it seemed that it took me back to the 12-year-old girl when I lost my mother. So it's like grieving on top of grieving on top of grieving. Hallelujah. And it said, and it, during the time I needed, because so when Mother's Day come around, it's like maybe because I had a parent, I had my dad there, so I, I guess Mother's Day did not impact me as, as much. So now that I don't have neither one of my parents here, I find myself a little saddened on Mother's Day more than I, I, I was. Hallelujah. And so God was showing me that over and over, it's like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to make it. Lord, I feel like I, I take one step and I get knocked back down and I take one step and I get knocked back down. And God just showed me through these scriptures that I had dropped my hand. Hallelujah. He said I had dropped my hands like I didn't have the faith that he was going to turn things around. I didn't trust in him that he was going to do exactly what he had promised. I had I forgot about all the prophecy, everything that he had spoke over my life. And that during that time, and I was losing the battle. And I say, and I thank God that during these, that as I'm reading these scriptures, that he is showing me now how to fight. And that God, that I won't drop my hands because I'm forever, no matter what I'm going through, that I'm going to give you the praise, that I'm going to give you the glory, that I'm going to surrender it to you. Hallelujah. Because I, I seen that when I was not fighting with my hands lifted up, there was the murmuring, there was the complaining, there was having the circumstances being bigger than my God. That was just not seeing things through God's eyes and seeing it through mine. Hallelujah. That's, that's where the sadness came from. And that's where, you know, I just, just wasn't happy. Hallelujah. But I thank God for his word. I thank God that shows me through whatever I go through. Hallelujah. When I give him the praise, 
when I give him the glory, when I give him the honor, when I when I pray for him, when I surrender it all, when I submit it, when I lay it at his feet, he's going to take it. He's going to take control of it. He's going to fight my battle for me. And I just thank God. And I just thank God for who he is and what he does. Amen. Come on, get the Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.